Thank you, Father. <clears throat> if you um, are here, been attending these this <clears throat> series, um, and you don't pray in other tongues, you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, we're leading to that, and uh, we will pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we have expectation that you will receive if that's what you want. So it, it's, it's all dependent on somebody being taught and then receiving what God has. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a separate spirit. It's a separate experience. Salvation, you, <clears throat> in the, the moment that you were born again, you received and, and were connected to the Holy Spirit. Your spirit, your human spirit, was made one with the Holy Spirit at, at salvation. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a separate experience that we see through the book of Acts in the New Testament. And the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit was the evidence of praying in other tongues. And um, we're, we're, we're leading there, we're getting there. Uh, but tonight we are talking again, just about the person of the Holy Spirit and who He is. And we talked uh, last week about the Holy Spirit who is our helper. And, and, and we were created to need help. And I can't get off of that, and we're going a little deeper with that tonight. And I want to ask you this question. How many, by the raising of the hand, you can say that you have raised a toddler? or two or three or five or ten. <clears throat> so you've raised a toddler, or you're raising a toddler. Um, and interesting thing about a toddler is that, uh, well, I was with, I don't know, it was, it was a while back, and my little, he's, how old is little Truett now? He's, he's now two. He wasn't quite two then. And, uh, he was at my house, and he was sitting at the table, and, and uh, I was helping him eat. And uh, as I took the little plastic fork and I was helping him get the food to his mouth, he grabbed the, forth, the fork from me, and he said, uh, me do it. Me do it. And when he grabbed it out of my hand, and he's going to do it himself, he couldn't make it to his mouth. And it went everywhere. And I grabbed the fork, and he wanted the fork again. You know, you know the thing about a toddler is that uh, in, in most of those situations, me do it, and me no need your help. Right? Uh, and, and, and our fallen nature is, humanity's fallen nature is, I can do it myself, and I don't need your help. And we've got to get renewed because it's kind of funny when a one-and-a-half-year-old does that, but when a 35-year-old does that, uh, me do it. Me no need your help. It's not real funny. And, it, and I'm telling you tonight, it's really not funny with God because of what we've been talking about and what he and how he created us to need help. Everybody say this, I need help. 
And I promise you, you do. And, and I promise you, you don't realize how much help you need. So tonight, we're going we're gonna to look at several things. And, um, and, and I'm, I'm just going to kind of jump right in. We're going to look in John chapter 14 where we were last week. And um, we're just going to go right to verse 16. And he said, and Jesus said, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Another helper. And um, that other helper was, is just like him because he was their helper until the other helper came. Did it look like all through the Gospels that Jesus was helping these disciples and all of humanity? He was helping them. So he's telling them here, he said, I'm going to give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And and who is that? It's the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. Why? For he dwells with you and he will be in you. So we're talking about that helper now internal where Jesus' help was external. But when you begin to trust in the help of the internal, he helps your external. And he does it just exactly like Jesus because Jesus did it with him. That, that helper that Jesus said he was going to send was inside of him. And then he left, and then he sent him. And that's who's in us, representing everything that Jesus did and everything that the Word says that Jesus is, it's inside of us. Verse 26 of John 14 says, But the helper, the Holy Spirit, Whom the Father will send in my name, that's the other side of the cross, now he's already sent him. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said. Now, what we're looking at tonight is how vital it is that we are delivered from that fallen nature. You can talk about the fallen nature, but that's not my nature. How about you? That's not me. I've been liberated and freed from that. But that fallen nature, that fear-filled nature that says, I can do it on my own, I don't need anybody's help, that mentality goes from when you're a year and a half into the rest of your life if you allow it. And it will remain. And um, you will, humanity will do everything they can to prove they don't need help. Roll you out a scroll of their 14 degrees that they have. Nothing wrong with a degree. But I'm telling you, your knowledge from your degrees can't be what's helping you. The helper can use your degrees, but it's a horrible leader of your life. Horrible. 
So follow me. Man, I love to teach this. Wow. I mean, I, I love that this is real. It's not, it's, it's, not, it's not even that much about teaching it. I just love that what I'm teaching is really real. And it'll really change your life. I mean, really. I mean, I mean as I'm teaching it, it's changing me as, right this moment as I'm teaching it. When I'm talking about that helper, I'm telling you, at the end of the, toward the end of the service tonight, we're, we're going we're gonna to get a, a, a pattern, a, a part of a design of making our routine asking God to help us on a daily basis. In every situation we face, asking God to help. I mean, is that, is that wrong? Why would you not ask the one that knows everything about everything, why not ask him about everything? I'm telling you right now, I need his help hour to hour. You can say minute to minute, whatever, but hour upon hour, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I need his help. I can't do it on my own. And when you can admit that, and when you can, you can accept that you were created to need his help, then it's all over. Because from then on, you'll begin to get Wisdom and understanding and things that you need in life that you could get no other place. No other place. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will, in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will, He shall direct your paths. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So tonight, I want to I look at two reasons why I believe that humanity is afraid to learn how to hear and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Two reasons why I believe humanity is afraid of it. And I want to go to Romans. We were there last week, but I want to look at actually just three verses in Romans 8. Um, Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. <clears throat> For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So that means that sons of God, to be sons of God, they have to be led. Well, then the next question is, who and what is leading you? Um, some of you can think of certain things that generationally have been handed down to you from your family 
from generation to generation. Anybody ever heard the story about the one woman that cooked a bone-in ham and cut the top of the ham off? How many have ever heard that story? Okay, wow, glory. So you already know it. But there lies the perfect example for the three people that haven't heard it. The, the one lady, it's it, it, like at Thanksgiving time, and, and the lady cuts the uh, top of the, the bone off the ham and slides it into this massive oven, and somebody, part of the family is there and asking, you know, why do you do that? Well, I, I cut it off because, uh, well, because mom did that. And mom's there, and mom asks, uh, so they ask mom, why do you cut the ham off? Well, because my mom did it. And... Uh, and then they find out from the grandma, said, why did you cut the bone off the ham? She said, because it wouldn't fit in the oven. That, that's what I'm saying. Those kind of things can lead you and it not be right. Now, I'm going to give you the two things, but I'm going to give you four other things first that have to do with our day-to-day life and things to me that I see that lead us, but are they a good leader? Okay? Number one, knowledge. Knowledge is good, but I'm telling you, I'm just saying it like, I'm saying it to you this way. Knowledge in itself is not a good leader. Knowledge can lead you astray. Um, experiences in life lead us. But I'm telling you that experiences in life are not a good leader. They're not a good helper to understand what the truth is. What did the Spirit of Truth come to do? Lead and guide us into what is truth about everything. So a lot of times experiences that we have can be negative and that experience can try to shut you down and put fear on you to keep you from doing the next thing in life. Knowledge in itself is good, but when knowledge is what's leading your life, you become puffed up. And there I give you the first reason that most people have difficulty hearing and following the voice of the Spirit of God is because of pride. Now, I want to... I'm going to give you a couple of more of those topics day to day that I feel like affect or are their bad leaders, and then I'm going to give you the other reason why I believe that people struggle to hear the voice of God, but I want to back up what I've said so far with, with just a few scriptures. Um, so... In verse 16 of Romans 8, it says, 
the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So I'm asking you this question. Do you believe that you're born again? Let me get a yes and an amen out of that. Yeah, you believe that, okay? And, 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 and then I'll ask you this. Have you ever been, have you ever been um, pressured about your salvation to the point that something was trying to talk you out of the fact that you were saved? I mean, most people, that, that's happened, especially in the early days of their salvation. That's why you need the church. That's why we need to encourage people. That's why we need to be there for people because the enemy comes to steal what was sown. But he said that the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, my human spirit, that I'm a child of God. So if I'm born again today, which I am, if, if I believe that I'm born again and I believe I can't be talked out of that, there's only one reason why. Because internally, my human spirit has bore witness with the Holy Spirit that I'm really a child of God. That's right. So my question is this. If the Holy Spirit revealed to me and confirmed to me that I'm born again and I believe that? Will he not bear witness about every other thing that you do in life? I'm telling you, you have to get it that way. I, I cannot live life and believe that I have the capabilities to lead my life to a place of blessing and prosperity and advancement and fulfillment on my own because I need the help that he sent to help me. And you know what? The Holy Spirit is not the doer, and that's where, where some people get discouraged. He's not the doer, he's the helper. I promise you the Holy Spirit will not raise your toddlers, but he'll help you raise them. And man, when, you're, when you learn from him, then you may read some of the stuff that's out there about raising kids and the Holy Spirit say, you know what? I never said that. You know, take what's good, the other just cast it away. Don't read a book and make, listen, you can read a book and the knowledge of the book and you think that's right and then you're never yielding to what the voice of the Spirit is telling you about how to raise your child or whatever. And pride is the number one reason why people don't really believe they can hear the voice of God because they don't think they need to. You, as through the years I've seen people born again, seen them prayed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they pray in other tongues. Ten years down the road, I can't tell you how many people that don't pray in other tongues. Why? Don't feel the need to. Uh, hey, I got this thing. I got it. Man, I've been doing this for, been doing life for 30 years, and I've, you know what? My wife and I, we've been married 40 years, and 
We're both 60 years old this year, and man, we, we, we've been around the mountain, right? <laughs> we've done some stuff, and we can figure this thing out. I'll tell you this, the more you learn about God, the more you know you don't know. And you know what? I'm just telling you, it is so freeing. If you come and sit in my office and I'm talking to you about something, you're asking me questions about stuff and I don't have the answer, you know what I say? I don't have the answer. But I know the one that does. Man, I used to, like, I, when I was early pastor, I studied all the time so I'd have the right answer for everybody that asked me a question. I mean, I, I felt myself sweating. When people would ask me questions and I'm thinking, I may not have the right answer. I don't need to have the right answer. He's got the answers. Yeah, you study to show yourself approved. Nothing wrong with education and knowledge and all those things. But they're horrible leaders. Horrible. What it, what it turns into and produces is horrible for your life. Now, to confirm that, James 4, 6 says this. But he gives more grace. One of the names of the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Grace. One of the names in the Bible of the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Grace. And he gives more grace. Who? Spirit of Grace gives you more grace. And more grace. And more grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud... But he gives grace to the humble. How much grace? Not just grace, but more grace. So, God, God doesn't just take his hands off when people are in such pride they think they don't need any help. But actually, you find God's promises resisting you. Did you hear me? They actually, they resist. When I don't think I need the help that I was created to operate in, then what happens is, I, from, from a, a mental perspective to a physical perspective to a spiritual perspective, I begin to malfunction. If, 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 you, if you buy, uh, don't, don't these things take... Don't you have to plug these in? I think you do, right? These monitors? Yeah, they got to be plugged in, surely. So, if you create this monitor and it has to be plugged into an outlet, then to take the, the monitor and decide to put it somewhere where there's no place to plug it in and, and, and it's going to do the job anyway, that's, that's to cause what this is supposed to produce to malfunction. And it's the same way with us. We were created to need his help. And when I'm in pride, and I don't think I need that help, and I'm going to give you a a number of different everyday examples about how we can be in that place. But listen, it's not about trying to get rid of pride. It's about being humble. You want to get rid of pride? Be humble. Well, okay, I mean, am I doing? No, no. it's not about stressing about being humble. 
It's about admitting, listen, this is true, this is the definition of humility through this series. Admitting you need help. You know the best way to do it? Every day, throughout the day, find times. You're on a lunch break or you're doing something, you're in your car, you're driving somewhere. Father, this thing that I'm dealing with right here, I'm not sure how to do it. I need your help. I need your help. I'm not sure about this situation, but I need your help. And I know that you're the helper, and I know the Holy Spirit who is my helper is inside of me. And now, Holy Spirit, I thank you for revealing to me and showing me how this works. He's not, the Holy Spirit is not going to speak to you predominantly in an audible voice. It's going to be that inward witness, that knowing the way you know you're a child of God, you're going to know because you're asking him. You're you're not heading into a decision-making time in your life. You're deciding, I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm going to marry this person. I'm going to connect with this one. I'm going to do these kind of things. Now, did you ask the Holy Ghost whether you're going to do this or not? And in your asking, he said, you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask incorrectly. So we're not to come to God begging him like we don't deserve it. We're to come to him to receive all that he's done for us. And the more we learn how to do that, and we come with that expectation, he will produce the help in the form of an inward witness. How many times have you or have you heard someone else say, you know, I just need an answer. I just need an answer. I've said it. Man, I just, it's, it's just like, you know, I, I, this thing and it's just here and it just kept on and I don't have an answer and I need an answer. And, and, and the times when I've ever been like that, I really wasn't asking him. Not really. I maybe poke around with it. But not serious about asking him for the understanding because what we're developing is the ability to know what a, quote, inward witness is. What the heck is an inward witness? In the natural, it really, I mean, you can say and try to be all spiritual and sound like, oh, yeah, you know, you just get this feeling and goosebumps. No. No, now you're being led by experiences, feelings, those kind of things. An inward witness, and it may produce all kinds of bumps. But I'm not led by the bumps. I'm led by the inward witness that's going to show me and tell me and reveal to me how this is right. So God gives more grace to the humble, and he resists the proud. In this dispensation of time, God is not really actually actively doing anything. Everything has already been judged. John chapter 16, everything has already been judged. All righteousness has already been fulfilled. Everything has already been accomplished through what Jesus did at the cross at Calvary, and what he accomplished going to the right hand and ascending to the right hand of the Father, it's a done thing. It's finished. 
So actually, God's not really doing anything except watching over his word to see that his word is performed. And you know where his word is performed? When people choose to believe it. And I'm telling you, the number one way to hear the voice of God, to know that he is real, and to know how to develop that understanding of that inward witness, is to walk in humility to see yourself liberated from pride. And pride goes back to me do it. And that's part of the fallen nature. Me do it. I don't need you. I do it. I can accomplish it. I can do it on my own. And I'm a self-made man. I'm a self this and that. I'm, I'm this person, that person. No, no. You, you want to be a God-made man. When it says sons of God, they're male sons and female sons. That's what he said. There's man and man with the womb. There's neither male nor female when God is talking promises. Not when he's talking promises. And the same pride will cause your life to be resisted by those promises, male or female. There's no respect or a person. He's a respecter of faith and development. And what I'm talking to you about tonight is getting a grip of this and getting a hold of it to where you are willing every day of your life to learn to practice knowing that inward witness. Now, this is an interesting passage of Scripture. This is actually my last passage, and I'm going to finish my second point. <clears throat> but this passage is found in Psalm 81. And it's talking about the ch children of Israel coming out of Egypt. <clears throat> and here lies the pride and my second point. And my second point that hinders people from hearing the voice of God, being confident about being led by that voice, and knowing that that voice is an internal thing, is the lack of knowledge. It's the lack of knowledge of knowing how to hear the voice of God. Not just the lack of knowledge across the board, it's the lack of knowledge of knowing and understanding and then practicing and developing your ability to hear his voice. You were created to hear his voice. I'll just tell you this. If I'm not, if I'm not developing a confidence day to day in hearing his voice, then he can't help me. That, that, that's a pretty strong word. When you think that God can't help you, well, all, all we're doing is saying that through what his will is. I'm going to say it again. You're not developing your ability to hear his voice daily. He can't help you. Because you won't know internally what was right when your knowledge and your understanding and your, you know, your past history and you, you're going to cut the bone off the ham because great-grandma did. And... You understand that 
in the simplicity of what I'm talking about here, the Holy Spirit will come and tell you, hey, you don't need to cut that bone off. Your oven's huge. <laughs> It'll fit. You don't have to. What, what, what causes the word of God to become of no effect? Traditions of men. <laughs> Cutting hands off. Cutting bones off hands. No. But you understand. You get the point. Psalm 81. So it's the lack of knowledge of understanding how to hear the voice of God. So I'm going to read this. Uh, I'm going to read from verse 10 to the end, verse six, from 10 to verse 16. I'm going to read it first in the New King James, and then I'm going to read it in the New Living. <clears throat> and this is, this is a, a description of what the children of Israel didn't do coming out of Egypt, out of bondage. I am the Lord your God, verse 10, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people would not heed my voice. And Israel would have none of me. So, in essence... He resisted them. He resisted them because they wouldn't follow his voice. He said, so I gave them over to their own stubborn or prideful, however you want to say it, heart. They thought they knew better. My way is a better way instead of, okay, all right, balance it out. Okay, there's me and everything I have, and then there's Holy Ghost that knows everything about everything. Oh, oh, let's see. Uh, no, I mean, no. It's a no-brainer. Huh? It's a no-brainer. And I'm just saying to you, all you have to do from tonight on is just develop it. That's the great thing about God. You don't have to... You don't have to run home, get online, find 15 books on the Holy Spirit. And, and then if you read them all, then it's going to transform your life. Now, that's where we've missed it. I didn't say read, don't read books. I read books all the time. All the time. I've, I'm, I'm reading four right now. But they're not leading me. I'm reading for greater understanding about certain areas of my life leadership, things that I read all the time about that. I, I want to I gain information about things. Information is good, but it's a horrible leader. The information from the Holy Spirit is the only thing that will produce in your life. And it will always reveal the truth of everything that you face. You know, I've known many people, I used to have issues with this too, and I've known many people that have had issues with friendships. And uh, I, talked, I was talking to a guy one time. He's not around here anymore, but, but he was, sat down with me and he said, you know, um, I just really feel like that there's been an attack against me. because," and he, and he began to list all these people he tried to develop friendships with. 
I mean, it was a bunch of people. And uh, when he got through, he said, you know, you know, people just don't appreciate me and, and things about, about me. He was trying to tell me about that. And I said, you know, the interesting thing about all of those relationships is that you're there. <laughs> and, and as we begin to talk and over time, you know, I was able to point some things out to him. And I'm saying it to you today that the Holy Spirit, you know, sometimes when, when you can't get along with someone, you're judging the person based on the knowledge that you have from them. Knowledge is good, but it's when you when you when knowledge and experiences that you have in life with other people, when those two things are leading you, you're always deceived. Not not just sometimes, you're always deceived. But the spirit of truth who tells you the truth about everything, if you learn to develop that, Father, they, they said this about me and, and I just don't know what to do about it, but I'm tired of thinking the worst about these people and what they're doing. I'm asking you for your help to show me. I cannot tell you how many times that the Holy Spirit has come to me and said, listen, do not believe that. That is not true. Do not think that about those people. It's going gonna, it's gonna to mess with you, and it's going to ruin your relationship with them. Do not believe that about them. You want to know how to treat people? Go spend the next six months reading five times a day 1 Corinthians 13. That's how you treat people. Yeah. But you, your natural mind, will, knowledge will talk you out of doing those kind of things. You see? And, and, and what, it, what knowledge and, and experiences do is they talk you out of listening to what he says about the situation and then believing it. He can tell you that. He can tell you what's so. But if you don't believe it and you don't walk it out and you don't stay with it, then that, those lies, all those other informational hotlines that are coming to your head will talk you out of it. In Isaiah, when it talks about the coming Messiah, Jesus, it's, it, it, it says this about him, that the government will be upon his shoulders and that he won't rule based on what he sees with his eyes and hears with his ears. Those words are used in that passage of Scripture. I'm not saying all of it exactly right. But it said, in his ruling of the kingdom, he will not rule based on what he sees and what he hears. And if we don't take that as the ultimate example to operate on planet Earth, not being moved by what we see and what we hear, past experiences, knowledge of things from the past and all, all that's tried to dictate our life and if we're not developing our ability to hear internally then we will not get the help that we need and we will stay miserable people people that are not seeing promises fulfilled people not seeing the understanding of the future and the direction that God has for us but I'm just telling you tonight I say that's not you. Amen. You're, gonna, you're hearing and will continue to hear and develop the ability to hear his voice, and you will fulfill your destiny. Can you say amen to that? Amen. You will. So he said, he said this. <clears throat> so, so, so God left them to that, to, to their uh, st stubborn heart, to walk in their own counsels, own understanding, their own ways. And then God says this in, from verse 13 to 16. He says this. 
And what he's saying, he's talking about the children of Israel that didn't enter in. This is what he said. He's talking about the people that are not developing the ability to hear and obey the things that he's saying. So they're hearing all other kinds of things. But this is what he said. Here's the heart of God. Here's the heart of God about you and I being liberated from pride, walking in humility, understanding what that really is, and really having the understanding of what it is to walk in the Spirit, to hear the voice of God, to do what he said. It's, it's, it's wrapped up in these, these three verses, four verses of Scripture right here. He said, oh, that my people would listen to me. And he's saying this about Israel of old. That Israel would have walked in my ways. I would have subdued their enemies. And I would have turned their hand against their adversaries. But they had to hear me and they... Then they had to do what I said. I had the plan. I had the way to accomplish it where the enemy's defeated. That's what I would have done. Can you hear the heart of God here? And, and turn my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord would pretend submission to him, but their fate would endure forever. He would have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey and with the rock, and I would have satisfied you. She didn't listen to me. And all he's saying to us today is, on this side of the cross, we're, the, we're that, that example of the children of Israel coming out of bondage. We're coming out of me do it and getting delivered and set free of me do it. Where now I'm saying, Lord, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to only do it the way you tell me to do it. And he said, I'd have done all these things. Listen to this in the, in the new, new Living, and, I, and I'm done. For it was I, the Lord, your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it with good things. But, but no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel did not want me around. Oh, think about that. No, I, I got this, God. I got it. I got this one. I've got this all figured out. I've got it all worked up and worked out. I, it, I, I got it figured. I, I can handle I'm just saying, the smartest guy in the room, the smartest person in the room right here, the smartest person on the planet, couldn't hold a candle in the presence of what the helper can accomplish. See, so, so you know, You know when I've told you that? People can't handle your God. You know how I've said that to you? And God's shown me that through the years. I, I used to think everybody could handle what I was saying and they needed to accept Jesus. The deal is, most people I come in contact with that have no understanding of God, they can't handle my God yet. They need to be loved first, right? And so... In, in this whole process that you and I are in, for me to say that I don't need his help is to say that I've got the ability 
to save the world. And, and you know what? You know how you save the world? One person at a time because everybody's got a different personality. If Dale and Isabel aren't born again, and I'm ministering to them, and I'm, I'm attempting to get them saved in my own ability, Dale may get saved, but she may not, or vice versa. Because every person's got to be handled delicately in the way God... So some people you come across, they're ready to be picked. Some people, you just got to let them know they're going to make it through the next day. And who knows that? I don't care how smart you are, only one person knows that. And he's a person. And it's the Holy Ghost. Nobody else knows that but him. And in the rest of this verse, he says, But no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel did not want me around. So I let them follow their own stubborn desires, living according to their own ideas, their own ideas, their own ideas. Their ideas that were bigger and better than God. You know what? You can have, quote, Christian ideas that aren't God ideas. I'm talking about, no, that's wrong. If you have a Christian idea, then it's a Christ-like idea. And it'll be a God idea. But a, quote, kind of Christian-ish, Christianese, religious idea. There's a lot of those that aren't God ideas. And you bring those you bring those into environments, they won't liberate people. All they do is create more confusion, more stuff that hinders what God wants to accomplish. And he said he would, he would just leave them to their own ideas. Oh, that my people would listen to me. Oh, that, it, that my people would listen to me. But you know, on this side of the cross, you know, what he, you know what I believe he's saying? Like as you read this, see everything you read here, it's been fulfilled in the new covenant. So this stuff relates to us. You just have to proportionally apply it the way that the new covenant has set it up for us. All this stuff is true. Everything I'm reading right here, it, it relates to us. But it relates to us in a different way. It's not as though these things, God's sitting up there waiting, you know, to level some, you know, big hammer and take you out or, or, or some kind of thing like that because of mistakes that you're making. No, no, no. He's saying there's nothing he can do. I have to leave you to your own ideas and your own devices if you won't do it my way. Yeah. And you know what? When will you, when will you find out whether your devices worked or not? When they didn't work. Yeah, yeah. When you when you when you stay with your stuff, you're not going to find out that it didn't work until it doesn't work. And you know what? Some people will drive that doggy home all through their whole life, and it'll take them to the grave early because they labored to make things happen that weren't the will of God. Say, not me. Not from today on. Amen. Not from today on. No. We're coming before his throne. We can boldly come before his throne and ask for all the help we need to accomplish all we're here for. Amen. Wow. He said, Oh, that Israel would follow me walking in my paths. How quickly I would then sub have subdued their enemies 
how soon my hands would be upon their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him. They would be doomed forever. But I would feed you with the finest wheat. I would satisfy you with wild honey from the rock. You know what? He's already done that for us. He's already done it for us. Our job, our responsibility is I've got to understand that inward witness. Next week, we're going to stay on this, somewhat add a couple things, but I'm going to stay on the inward witness next week. We're going to stay with it because we've got to identify it. And you know what? I mean, in this room here, for the most part, I'm talking to Christian people. I'm telling you, God is saying to me, we've got to know this inward witness, and we've got to admit to some of the pride that's been in our life in where we've not followed God's way and admit to it, repent for it, and move on. So tonight... If you just close your eyes for a moment. Anytime that the word is preached, most of the time, I will identify something that I need to talk to God about, repent to him about, or just say, you know what? Repentance isn't some ugly word. Man, it's 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 a word that produces liberty in your life. And tonight, if, if there's something that you know as a result of the preaching of the word, you know that has brought a conviction to your heart, just where, just where you're at, just as the music's playing for just a moment, just repent. Not coming up here and stand up here and, you know, make a big to-do out of something like that. That's, or, you know, we could do that if that's what God wanted, but that's not what he wants. It's just about you repenting right now. And then we're going to pray. I want you to take a moment. Everybody in the house. You, you know, if you weren't convicted about anything, then, then you're not convicted. You don't have to make it up. There's something that you're convicted about that you've been doing. And you know it. And you've been working and laboring too hard in yourself to accomplish something. Repent to God and declare that today is over. And the helper is going to help you accomplish it. You're not going to do it on your own. Sometimes it's just things we need to tweak here and there. Whatever it is, just do it. Just hear his voice right now. Practice hearing his voice right now.